Welcome to Everyday Elevations. I'm your host, Jason Fricka, and I'll be taking you on a journey towards holistic health, discovering the power of transformation through expert interviews, in-depth research, actionable advice, and personal growth stories. Right. Welcome back to Everyday Elevations, the podcast where we transform ordinary moments into extraordinary outcomes. So today I am very, very excited. This has been probably about, what, two months in the works here <laughs> with schedules and everything. But I'm very, very excited to have Lori Lisai, who is a human design coach. And we're going to discuss a little bit what human design is, what brought her along this path, and just some takeaways for individuals who are interested to learn more about their own human design. And with that, I'm going to let Lori here take it away. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me, Jason. It's great to be here. So excited. Have mm. you um, so yeah, human design. I guess I'll start by just explaining a little bit about how I came to human design, and then we can talk a little bit about what it is and maybe tap into yours as well. So I was a teacher for a couple of decades. I came to human design out of a starting to just dream a little bit bigger than what I realized staying in teaching and staying in that career could really do for me. I think what one thing is that's really unique about my story is that I very much loved my job. I loved what I was doing. Uh, I think most people who leave their work or their careers tend to be really unhappy. And that's certainly a reason to leave. And I'm also trying to normalize that sometimes it's just fine to leave when you're really loving it. And you know that there's something else that you're here to do and, and a different path that you want to take. So that is story that I have, the path that I took. And then in terms of how human design fed into that, I had been taking a, a manifestation course and it was part of that course that introduced me to the idea. And it just lit the fire in my belly and I wanted to know all the things. I just knew like I wanted to go down the rabbit hole and learn as much as I could about it. And, you know, as a kid, I had really, I loved astrology and the tarot and like learning about all of that stuff. And so this system, human design is, it's like you take all of these ancient wisdom systems and you take science and you put it all in a mixer and hit the blend button. It's got astrology. It has the Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah, the chakra system, which most people are familiar with. And then it also has, there's a genetics component and like quantum mechanics. So there's a lot that is all boiled into it. And I think that's really wonderful because most people can find some kind of anchor in, in it. Like a lot of people come to it because they're interested in astrology. I've heard it called astrology on steroids. It definitely has astrology as part of it, but there's also so much more. So anyway, I think what the main thing that I love about human design is that it gives us a language for personal development and for bettering ourselves and for essentially being who we came here to be. And a lot of times it's not so much that you need to like work to make yourself better. It's more like 
you want to shed the layers of other people's expectations and the the things that you're doing, the actions that you're taking, the way that you're living that is more for other people and is not actually for you. So that's a little bit about how I came to human design and what human design is. Well, before we jump into get a little deep dive more, I'm curious because I know you said that you loved your job. And so it's so interesting to me, and it's one of the things that stood out a lot in our first conversation, that you knew instinctually to that human design would be your next move. Like, what was it that told you, hey, this is what I want to do? Because again, you said you you loved your career path you were on. So I'm just so curious what kind of clicked yeah. for you. Those other people are looking for that same type of feeling, whether they love their job or, or as you say, most commonly, dislike their job is usually people look for yeah, something else. Yeah, no, this but. is such a great question. Um, and I think it, it's part of why I love human design so much because it teaches you to embody something called your authority, but also it just teaches you like how to get back in touch with your body really and how you can essentially receive messages from your body. So as uh, a generator, for example, there are five different energy types in human design, similar to the idea of 12 different signs in astrology. There are five different energy types. And generators and manifesting generators make up about 70% of the population together. And they have their sacral defined. And your sacral is an energy center. If you're familiar with the chakra system, you have a sacral, so you're probably familiar with that. It's the same kind of area. And it's essentially, it's like two inches above your navel. It's like your gut. It's that gut feeling. And for me, it was just very clear in my gut, feeling the excitement of discovering human design, reading about it, and just knowing, like literally feeling this pull of like, come this way. And one of the things that will happen with generators is they will get like a flush of excitement or their bodies literally will lean in to towards something. And that is a, a definite indication of like, okay, this is for you. Go here, follow me. And it's almost like these little breadcrumbs that life is handing you. And when you're open to hearing them, you can discover them and then tap into their wisdom. And so for me, that's what human design did. And I wanted to spend all of my time reading about it and learning about it. And that was a very clear indication. And I also was just sharing about it, just naturally like talking to my colleagues about it. Hey, did you know that you should actually be eating mostly hot foods all of the time? And their eyes would be like, what? Like, that's crazy. Like, I love soup or I can't stand it when my food gets cold or whatever. That's one of the more tiny little details of human design that's a bit more advanced. But my point is just that I just constantly wanting to read about it learn and practice it and talk about it. And so when something comes in and sweeps you away, so to speak, it's really designed to pay attention to. So that's, I guess, how I knew to continue following this path. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for breaking it down like that too, because I think there's a lot of people that relate to that. 
I mean, me personally, I relate to it because this podcast had that same feeling. I didn't actually realize it until right now when the way you described it, I was like, makes sense. I know exactly what you're talking about because I knew I just had this right when I thought about the idea of establishing it, I got really, really excited. Love the it. excitement has yet to dissipate. So I know I'm doing the right thing right yeah. now. So I completely get where you're coming from with what made you decide to jump? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just so fascinating because you don't hear too much about people who love their careers mm. completely changing right. up. So I just want to hear a little bit of background on that. And I'm sure the listeners here are going to love hearing yeah, that Yeah, for sure. And it wasn't, it wasn't easy. Like, I don't want to pretend like it was all unicorns and butterflies. It was a, a hard decision to make. I thought for a long time that I would be going back in some capacity, but through a number of different things, like it just never really came together. And I see now that I can, I can look back in retrospect and understand like that was the intended path. But that's another thing about how my authority, which is my decision maker, is emotional. About 50% of the population is that. And they like emotionals, it it takes time. Your decisions are really meant to be made over time. For me personally, it's oftentimes after I've made the decision and can look back and see how things unfolded that I really understand like, oh, okay, that's how that was meant to work. And I'm really glad I followed my intuition and my gut and that, yeah, it just, it's that time component that is really important with emotional authorities. Okay. Interesting. Well, I'm, of course, we're all glad that you <laughs> went this path because we wouldn't have this interview here. So I'm, I'm super pumped you that you took this well, path. Um, but yeah, I would love to hear you break down a little bit more of what each category of the, um, the energy types. Just yeah, thinking, yeah. Yes. I was like, hold on. It's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I meant um, different energy types and, You know, type is often where we start with human design because it's a pretty decent anchor. And I think it's an easy place for people to start and understand a bit about human design. It actually wasn't part of the original kind of system, although it does get a lot of the attention, so to speak, now. But there are five different types, and there are, we break them into two categories sacrals which have defined sacral center. And if you are looking at your chart or your body graph, it is the the square, there are two squares down at the bottom of the chart and it's the second one up from the bottom. So the very bottom square is called your root. And then the next one up from that is your sacral. And so if that is colored in, it means you're defined. And so the, that type is a generator type. And then there's, there are manifesting generators, which are a hybrid type. And I'll talk about that in a second, but generator type, I guess before I, before I like describe each of them, I just want to put a pin in a caveat, which is to say, to remember that human design is very, very multifaceted. And there are so many reasons why your type may or may not resonate with you. So as you're hearing the the descriptions, if you haven't run your chart yet and you think you're a type and then you run it and you realize you're a different kind of type, then 
there may be multiple reasons for that. So just to say, don't get discouraged. It's one like tiny part of who you are, but it's a great place to start. So generators with that, with that sacral are designed to essentially do what lights them up and be guided very much by that sacral. So the idea of having those breadcrumbs in life is essentially what you're here to do. There's something called a strategy, which is how you are designed to take action or interact with the, the world. And for generators, it is to respond. And what do you respond to? You respond to like literally anything, like open up your eyes in the morning and look out the window and see that it's raining and decide that you're going to wear a raincoat that day or whatever. But the idea behind responding as a generator is not to go out like looking for things, but instead let things come to you and then respond to them based on your sacral, based on whether it lights you up, whether it excites you. Sometimes people can't really get in touch with that sacral feeling right away. And so they can ask themselves, do I have energy for that? And that's a great question for them to, to ask themselves. The other type that is a generator type is a manifesting generator, which I think you said you were, correct? Yes. Correct. Okay. And manifesting generators also have that sacral defined. What differentiates them is oftentimes speed a bit with a manifesting generator. So a generator tends to be even keeled and like moving along just at the, at a, I think of them as the tortoise and the hare, the, the generators kind of intentional, like still has a ton of energy. The sacral is all about life force energy. It's like a battery power, but the manifesting generator is the hair, like darting around, moving all around and doing all the things and looking for the most efficient way. And usually has a bunch of balls in the air. Whereas the generator is a little bit more like masterful, a little bit more intentional, again, still has the energy to complete the task, to bring it across the finish line, but just doesn't tend to have as many side steps or whatever, you know, like looking for shortcuts. So manifesting generators tend to like be doing that round and around and generators just like on the road. Here we go. Keep going. Both of them still designed to follow what lights them up, to very much be guided by that sacral. Manifesting generators have a little bit of manifester in them, as well as the generator type. There's a bit of initiating energy and a need to inform. So if you're a manifesting generator, highly recommend that get used to narrating your life, which sounds annoying, maybe, especially to <laughs> manifestor types. But the idea behind informing is literally just to say what you're going to do. And what that will do is smooth the road for you to do the thing that you want to do. I use this example of a manifesting generator parent, and maybe a generator child and they're in the same room, if a manifesting generator parent leaves the room and doesn't say anything, the generator is going to feel that energy shift and like look around, feel a little like unsteady, like where did mom or dad go? 
Versus if mom or dad just said, like, I'm going to run to the bathroom, I'll be right back. Now generator child is just like at ease, and there's no issue. Versus if you hadn't said anything, then you might return and have a puddle on the floor and like have very upset child or whatever. So manifesting generators often take shortcuts, often to find efficiencies. Sometimes they have to circle back around like the hair does because they missed steps. But essentially, they're like honing their skill and finding efficiency. Whereas generators are more like, I'm going to master my skill and I'm going to do what, what is lighting me up, continually lighting me up. Both of these types have that sacral life force energy, which means like they have lots of energy to do the things. If there was a banner I could create for the generator type, it would be just because you can doesn't mean you should. And that is about like listening to your sacral. People are going to be drawn to that energy and really want to tap into it. For you, though, it's really important to just be saying yes to the things that let you up, not saying yes, just because you, you can, you have the energy, you maybe can't think of a reason not to, but really, you would rather not, then I would encourage you to experiment with just saying no, which can be hard. Then we have manifestors. Manifestors are about nine, eight, 9% of the population. And they are one of the non-sacral so types. So the manifesting generators and generators have that sacral defined. The rest of the population, which is 30%, don't have that center defined. And so without that, they need rest. They need, they just need horizontal time and like peaceful time during the day. And so this is where a lot of conditioning can happen, where people will call manifestors or the other two types lazy or whatever. And in fact, it's just how their energy works. So they're really here. Manifestors are here to initiate things. They're here to get things started. I think of them as the fire starters, the trailblazers. They're like super badass. They're great energy. And if you think about all of the types working together, manifestors are here to start the thing and generators and manifesting generators are here to like do the thing, to like take it across the finish line. Manifestors, it's very important for them to inform. They are not designed to ask for permission. And a lot of times people don't get them because they're trailblazers, because they're, they're often initiating and starting brand new things. Like people might think they're way out in left field because they've never heard of the thing before. And then they might encourage a manifester to, oh, I don't know if I would do that because they just don't get it. So it's not, they're not really looking for permission from other people. They're more just saying, hey, I'm going to do this thing. I'm just letting you know. And then they won't have as much resistance like I was talking about earlier with the manifesting generator. Then we have projectors and projectors, also non-sacral beings. So need that horizontal quiet time to themselves, oftentimes are very sensitive beings. And they are here to be our guides. So if manifestors start the thing, generators and mangens do the thing, projectors are the ones guiding the generators and manifesting generators to do the thing. So 
projectors have a very special way about them that allows them to see very deeply into somebody. So they, they can just see you at a deeper level than other people can, other types can. And what's interesting about a projector is that they can see, they can also see what needs to be done and how it needs to be done. And one of the things that's really important for them is to be recognized for that. So their gift and their ability to see what can be improved, it's something that when they are recognized, the rest of us that they're looking to give advice to or whatever, the rest of us can hear it. And so whereas generators and manifesting generators are here to respond, manifest are here to initiate, Projectors are actually here to wait for invitations. And those invitations come from people recognizing like their special gifts. Like this projector can see how the play should be made on the lacrosse field, for example. And so we're going to ask this projector about that. And we recognize that he or she knows because they've spent hours and hours honing their craft or whatever. So those are projectors. And then the last type is reflectors, and they make up just 1% of the population. So very rare. If you're looking at your body graph chart, you would see that reflectors have no centers filled in. It's all white. They are highly, highly sensitive people here to essentially reflect the health and well-being and just state of the things around them. When you have a center that's not defined, essentially what you're doing is taking in energy from other people and letting it flow through you. And so reflectors are doing that in every single part of their being. It's really important for them to have a lot of time to process that and determine like what is what feels true for them and best for them. And so their strategy, how they're meant to operate is to wait a lunar cycle, very connected to nature reflectors are also connect, very connected with the moon. So that idea of like a 28 day cycle to really feel through something is super important. So yeah, those are the types. I'm kind of curious because as soon as you said you described it, it reminded me of one of my friends who happened to be a life coach. Ooh. So a lot of times does it seem like coaches fall into that category? Well, like, I mean, you mentioned lacrosse, for instance, usually if someone's asking for tips on lacrosse, it's someone who's either a coach or incredibly knowledgeable. So in that sense, they still do coach. Mm -hmm. Am I the right page? Yeah. I mean, anybody can be a coach, any, any kind of coach. I think what that idea of energy, like flowing through your undefined centers that's really where you want to look for for maybe the guidance that you have to offer as in terms of being a coach. When you have a, an undefined center, so for example, let's use the heart center. So the heart center is the little triangle in your chart. It's the smallest triangle that's like right to the corner of uh, the sacral. It's the center for it's your heart, your ego, your willpower. Essentially, it's all about worthiness. And so most of us have that center undefined. I think it's uh, roughly 30-ish percent who have it 
defined. And so that means that a lot of us are taking in energy about worthiness and processing it. Here's the trick though. When you have it undefined, you want to let the energy flow through you and not identify with it or make it mean something about you. Sort of classic like worthiness wound that most humans have partially lives here in the heart and ego center. So for example, if you have that center undefined and any center that you have undefined or not colored in, you have the capacity to develop real wisdom in those centers and to also be able to recognize that energy in other people. So if you are coaching somebody, when you think about the kind of work that you do as a coach, if somebody is looking for an accountability coach or somebody who can like keep them on track with a diet or something like that, somebody who has a defined will or heart center is probably going to be a really good fit for that because they have consistent access to that energy because it's defined. Versus for 70% of us where it's undefined, sometimes we're going to feel super committed and sometimes we're going to feel like, well, maybe not so much. That allows us to develop a wisdom about willpower, about being worthy and whatnot. But it also gives space to like help us experience it in many different ways versus it's always being this consistent way. So yeah, coaching, you can definitely look at a lot of the chart about in terms of like, where would my coach, where would my strengths be as a coach? And you can also look, that's a great tool to use to coach people. Awesome. Thank you so much for breaking that down like that. I am curious. I know we've talked about this previously, just because I was really excited for this, but I think it'd be fun for people to hear a little more about the celebrities that kind of tie into each mm -hmm. category. Mm -hmm. Maybe it can help explain a little bit more with a, a little more of a personal type touch. Yeah, sure. Let's start back with that with generators. So one of my favorite generators is Oprah. I feel like she's such a good example of following what lights you up. And just you can see her sacral being lit up when she's interviewing people or when she was hosting her show. You could see that excitement. And the generator aura, that like field or energy field around you that's roughly six feet, is very warm and enveloping. And I feel like she's a great example of that juicy kind of feeling. And she also can get you really like riled up and excited. Let's see. Projectors. Actually, Princess Di was a Princess Diana was a projector. And I think a great example of somebody who, in a very kind of quiet way, led, she was able to finally come forward and like share some of what was happening after a long period of time. And I think it took a while for people to recognize what she had to offer in terms of like sharing about what does it actually look like being a royal and what is life like? What are the expectations? And, you know, clearly she did not fit that mold and, and they ultimately decided to part ways. And I think her ability to guide 
though, was just, there was definitely an energy about her, right? Like people just naturally wanted to follow her. And she was able to, I think, accomplish so much because of that with the different charities and whatnot that she was able to draw attention to. Manifestors, Adele is a manifester. And I guess now I think we're, we're so accustomed to hearing her and hearing her voice. But when she first came on the scene, she had a very unique sound, also a unique approach. I think being a a woman in this role and singing and having so much attention on her, there was a lot of attention that went to how she looked. And I think she did a lot to just establish a new norm about like, hey, she since like completely transformed her body. But when she was first starting out, she, she didn't necessarily fit the stereotypical mold of a a pop star or whatever in a lot of ways. And I think she's been a great trailblazer. And she also gets a lot of attention for just loving on her audience. I've seen a number of clips of her interacting in very personal ways with her audience. And really, I think that is her marching to the beat of her own drum as well. Let's see. Reflectors, Sandra Bullock is a reflector. She's a great example because she's an actress. And I think when you're a reflector and you go into acting, it's just such a literally like a blank slate. And if you look at the variety of roles that she has played, she's able to shape shift so easily because she literally has like no definition. And so she can take on the comedy roles and she can take on the more serious roles. And I think she's a lovely example. And then manifesting generators, Tom Hanks, speaking of acting, another great example because of the multitude of roles that he has played and thinking about the other sort of things that he has going on. He and his wife have a charity that they run and he's played just so many roles. He's like prolific, right? And when you think of a manifesting generator, just that efficiency, I think he's a great example of that efficiency. I think he's a great example of a, a manifesting generator. Awesome. So it's funny because the recurrent theme, and to be honest, when I first started doing the chart, I was confused looking at it. So getting the the foundation of the flow helped clarify so much. Because I had to Google a whole bunch before this, but I was just reading, being that we established I'm a manifesting generator. And then when you tied it in with Tom Hanks, I was like, yeah, this makes sense. I am always trying to multitask, not necessarily trying to find a shortcut, but at the same time, also trying to find a shortcut. Mm-hmm. And then I do at certain times like ooh, i took too many shortcuts let's cut back and get back to the beginning it's funny just going through this and realizing it like how and maybe it won't be fully accurate for everybody initially because they're not maybe some things they didn't realize about themselves but like for me right away when i read this i was like holy cow this is spot on like awesome i am the type of person that will jump from thing to thing that excites me and i'll try and do like four or five things at once yeah yeah 
So I just want a little side note there that I was just really, really excited to delve into this. No, and and you mentioned the fact that when you first got the chart, you're like, what does this even mean? Right. It's like a bunch of shapes and numbers and lines. And you're like, what? And that's great. Not to feel overwhelmed by that. And just understanding that multi-layered component of the whole system, right? There are so many different components of it. So being patient with yourself, I think is super important. Starting with your type strategy authority and just seeing what resonates with you can be super helpful. And then if something doesn't resonate with you, just getting curious about it. Like, okay, well, maybe that means that I'm not really in alignment. Or it could mean that there's something else going on in my chart that sort of creates a conflict with it. We're humans, right? And we are incredibly complex beings. And so when you have a body graph, there are always conflicts inherent in the chart. So there might be... So for example, I am a generator type, but I have gate 34, which is the little number the numbers on the chart are called gates and gate 34 is in the sacral. It is one of the gates that makes a pure manifesting generator that connects to the throat, but I don't have that throat gate that connects to it. I just have the gate 34 coming from the sacral. That is also the busyness gate though. It's like the gate that tends to keep manifesting generators doing many multiple things. And so I resonate with that. I definitely have a lot going on all the time. And I have root pressure. So this is what I'm saying by if there are some things that don't necessarily resonate, it could be an out of alignment indicator, or it could be something else in your chart that's like working alongside because it's a balance of energy. But I love that the Foundations of Flow was helpful for you. And I think it, it does give you a lot of information about all of the, the components of your type strategy and authority. Oh, yeah, I loved it. And it gives a nice breakdown of all the other aspects, too. So yeah. then they can understand a little more, like how I intertwine with everybody. Yeah. So it's, it's very, very fascinating. Read. It's a lot to take in. I'm still trying to grasp yeah. some of it, but I know it's... It's a process. You're not just going to learn in one day and one read. Right. I'm going to backtrack a little bit here because there's a question that I've been sticking in my mind for a minute here. You mentioned how the five types weren't always really a part of the human mm. design. Can you talk a little bit about how human design, like the popularity and practice might have evolved over the years? Yeah, definitely. Human design, how it came to be is a crazy story. So there was a guy. His name is was Ra Uruhu. He changed his name to that. Essentially, he went on a walkabout to Ibiza and he downloaded this information. So essentially, like it just all came to him from what he calls the voice. And okay, so that sounds a little out there, a little woo-woo. But he spent the rest of his life teaching about the system and the main thing that should come through, hopefully, is that it is meant to be an experiment. So essentially, it's like, okay, sure, maybe it sounds wild that this just came to somebody. However, why don't you like take it for a spin and see what you think and see if it resonates and see how it helps you. 
since, so that happened in 1987. So in relative to humanity, it's been around for just a half a millisecond, right? Hasn't been around for long. However, it's also continually evolving because a lot of people, especially in the last decade or so, 15 years even, have come on the scene and are, are interpreting it, further interpreting it and like breaking it down, trying to, trying to help translate it because Ra was a manifester and his, the language of human design, it sounds like it's being channeled. It doesn't flow super well. It's a bit confusing at times. If you've ever heard, if you've ever like listened to Abraham Hicks, for example, sometimes you can hear them talking and it just sat, there's a different resonance in the voice. It's similar to the original teachings of human design. And so a lot of people have come after and are simplifying it and helping to break it down and make it a little bit more understandable. And in doing so are also shifting some things about the system. And so there's also this sort of fight going on in the <laughs> human design world of what is what is the original teaching and what is right and what is being watered down and misinterpreted and whatnot. And I personally think there's maybe some middle ground that works. And I always go back to the idea that it's an experiment. So essentially, it gives you language and you work with that language to develop yourself personally. You know that you have a sacral. Start to learn how does your body feel when your sacral lights up? How does your body feel when it's a sacral mo? For example, that's really when it becomes most practically useful. Okay. I love it. Thank you so much for the explanation there. I love that you that you reference that as an experiment because it makes it easier to understand that, hey, look, it's a trial type thing. Like you have to sit there and understand that maybe this works for you, maybe it doesn't, but at the same time, give it a shot. Like most things in life, you're never going to make 100% of the shots that you shoot, but you're also never going to have a shot if you don't bother trying to shoot. Exactly. So that's not quite the quote that was. Yeah, Wayne Gretzky. But, but I, I, yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Page. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I know I there's a quote somewhere that was real. Right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we're getting a little close to, to wrap up time here. I always love to ask if there's anything that you really want to talk about before we get to the closing. And I usually end with a couple questions, but first I'd love to let you, if there's anything else you want to speak on beforehand, before we get into that. Part. Okay. I would just encourage people to download your chart and get the foundations of flow download and just start to experiment. I think it can be really, really empowering. And I like to frame it as a cosmic permission slip to get back to who you are. So I think a lot of people find a lot of comfort in it and feel really seen, which is wonderful. And coming from personal experience, I 100% agree. There's a lot of things I didn't even realize about myself. And so I read it. I was like, oh, yeah, no, this, this makes sense. Love it. Okay. This kind of explains how I react to certain things, certain ways. And why there's times where I'm quiet because one of my things is strategy is wait to respond. Mm. I didn't, I never understood why I was always the quiet guy listening, just soaking in information. And then I go ahead yeah. when, it, when it seemed to make sense to me. 
So it's it cool learning that and really understanding and be able to apply it yes. and understand why it's that way. So I think it's the amazing people that actually download this chart and the foundation of the flow as well, because that helps break it down so much further. Love it. Love it. And really, really, really enjoy this, this conversation today. So With that, I want to ask a couple questions here. I always ask just a few. One of those would be, if you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be? Probably time travel. <laughs> okay, teleportation. That? I feel like there are just so many periods of time that I would love to visit or maybe revisit and soak up that wisdom for this lifetime. I feel like I would go back and I would probably go forward too. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you. That is the power I yeah. choose because I look at, I kind of teleportation and time travel the same yeah. thing. Because I want to see the history, but I also, I don't want to have to get on a plane if I need to. So I can yeah. just go to vacation wherever I want, whenever I want, in any time period. Right. It'd be cool. So I'm totally with you on that. We're on the same right page. On. I have another question I always love. I love hearing this response. I get a lot of good ones from it. What is your favorite quote and why? Hmm, my favorite quote. I think it's probably nothing grows in your comfort zone. The idea that your comfort zone is comfortable, right? It feels good there. It's like staying in my job. I really liked my job. And I also knew that if I wanted to step into the next version of who I wanted to be, like it wasn't going to be there. I needed to like shake some stuff up. And so, yeah, just the idea that your comfort zone is great. And it's also really important for you to recognize when it's time to create a different comfort zone. Absolutely. Perfect. I, I love that quote. I fully agree. You definitely don't want to stay in a comfort zone too long. I've been guilty of that for a lot of my mm -hmm. life. And I realized that, hey, it's time to stop doing the things that make me feel at ease and do things that make me a little, a little more uneasy. Okay, got one more question here. Possibly okay. two. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? I think I would say that it it's honestly come from human design in learning about my emotional authority because I have so much energy in my chart that pushes me to do things in the now. It's literally screaming at me in a million different ways. Like now, go now, do it now, do it now, do it now. And I've always been like very fast moving, very like, yeah, let's do it. Let's jump right in. And then I learned that I'm actually designed to take time to make decisions, especially important decisions, like at least one sleep, if not more, depending on how significant the decision is or the consequences. When I look back on my life and the bigger decisions that I have made, I realized that intuitively I made them after taking time. And so I think the, the advice of just taking your time to make decisions that are important, not being afraid to do that, not feeling like you are putting other people out because you need that time, learning the language instead to say like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. Can I let you know tomorrow? Even just having little snippets like that to say, to give yourself a little time and space. Whereas for you, for example, you're a sacral you're going to know in the moment and you can make that call in the moment. So it's, it's, it's a different kind of way. And I think 
I mentioned 50% of the population is emotional and they need that time. And yet so much of our society really values that in the moment decision-making and I'm going to put you on the spot and you're going to have to make the decision under all kinds of pressure. Like we, we see that as like a good thing. It's interesting though, that like half the world isn't even designed to make decisions like that. So I think that's probably the best advice. Awesome. Awesome. That is a phenomenal explanation. It's way more than you anticipated for that. So it's cool that, that you got so much out of that, which makes sense because now you're coaching it. So <laughs> with that, then what would be the worst advice, if any, that you ever received? I think it probably, it was, I didn't follow it, but it was some of the advice I got not to leave my job. I guess any advice that tends to be based more on other people's fears than on what's possible is usually pretty crappy advice. So <laughs> you got to you got to just listen to your body. And one of the centers, the spleen center is your intuition center and it does there are gates in that center that are related to fears. And so it's not to say that you will never experience fear. Another quote here is feel the fear and do it anyway, which I did. And you absolutely can do that. And you don't want to necessarily do it just to do it. You know, you want to do it with intention. So understanding that fears can be good indicators for you, but they don't necessarily have to be something that holds you back. Okay. Awesome. I like it. I think I've had similar advice for different things as well. So I, I do get that. For me, it was getting advice to stay in the military when I was absolutely miserable at the time. Mm. Oh. Yeah. So it's one of those things where I was like, I get it. People like your family, it's coming mostly from family. Like, oh, well, you have job security. You're going to have retirement. Blue collar family, old school mentality of, oh, retirement this. Like you're going to get health care for the rest of your life. All this stuff. Yeah. And it's like, look, that doesn't do me any good if I'm not enjoying my life. Like if I'm, if what I'm doing most of my time makes me unhappy, it doesn't make sense to keep doing it. Oh my it. gosh. Hallelujah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I completely got with where you're coming with. I was like, yes. I was like, I know exactly what that is and what moment in my life when that hit. It's crazy how many what? people actually function in the world just assuming that they have to keep doing what they don't like. In order to get that, oh, I'm working toward retirement. It's like, why? Like, what? How does that make sense? How does trading the life that you get to live today for a possibility in the future of retirement, how is that a good trade off? I don't, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So good for you. Yeah, me either. Yeah. yeah. I mean, typically you retire at 65, best case scenario. Then you have, on average, the average human lives to 79 years old. Mm. So that's not a lot of time to enjoy that little bit of retirement. You might as well live your life at its fullest capacity throughout the whole. Exactly. Um, took me way too long to get to that point in mentality, but I got there. Yeah. I just want to thank you so much again for your time. This has been an absolutely amazing interview. I enjoyed every single moment of it. I know the listeners are going to love it. And I am so excited to get this out to everybody. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, leave us a review, 
And don't forget to follow us on social media for the latest updates and behind the scenes content.